0: Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
2: We listen to Jeannie Robertson, the Christian humorist, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. I want to see
1: Captain <laughs> You guys wouldn't mind having a okay. I'm just Bazinga.
2: Okay. Okay. Bazinga. Mm. really cuts through, doesn't yeah, he? Bazinga. Does. Mm, Bazinga. You got me straight
3: tripping, yeah, baby.
0: Woo-hoo.
2: Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. <laughs> I'm Caroline. And we're here to have Good Christian Fun. That, of course, was Reba McIntyre opening the <laughs> country CMA Christmas Awards. special last year with a there was a long extended bit about Santa using social media and technology. Mm-hmm. But our favorite part is that in where she finally starts going to the song and she goes,
4: won't let." <laughs> Oh, it's such a good moment. Is Reva a Christian?
2: She'd be a good candidate for she's actually a uh, Christian. I'm going
4: to hazard absolutely she's a Christian.
2: Because in country music, it's the law? I think so. Perhaps. Yeah. But Casey, Musgrave, Casey surely Musgraves, surely not, right? And
4: she's, a, she's a preacher.
2: She prays to the God of LSD, not G.O.D. <laughs> good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, Christian music, movies, entertainment, speakers... Yeah. Comedians, humorous. We've talked about comedian Shonda Pierce on the show. We've talked about polarizing figures like Kirk Cameron on the show.
4: Mike Warnke.
2: We've talked about Mike Warnke on the show. Mm -hmm. Big boy in the satanic panic movement. Yeah. And this week we talk about Jeannie Robertson. But before we do that, a disclaimer, we're not here to make you go to church or proselytize to you or preach to you. We don't care about your soul, (laughs) like at all. We just want you to be happy. Up to you. We want you to be happy and whole and healthy and whatever that is. That doesn't hurt other people to get you there. That's right. Is that... That's fair, right?
4: Yeah. And I hope you get your rocks off while you're doing it. Yeah, baby.
2: Oh, Jeannie Robertson. How's your heart, by the way? We'll do a mini How's Your Heart. Oh, mini
4: one. Um, great. I had a really nice Sunday morning. It's like a beautiful day. I feel like it's finally summery, springtime. There's butterflies floating through town.
2: And okay. I will say, to paint a picture for the listener, you can check it out on our Instagram. And this is not true of all podcasters. Uh-huh. I'm pointing to myself. What I appreciate about doing a podcast with Caroline is that for our podcast, Caroline is always camera ready.
4: (laughs) Shut up! That looks great. You look great. That's (laughs) what I'm saying. It's
2: a compliment. Oh, thank
4: you. It's not a slam. We do have to take a photo every time. We do. So I do have to worry about it a little bit. So should I I worry about it a little
2: bit more? Should I get up to your level? Like a gloss coat? (laughs)
4: I'll
2: wear a gloss. A
4: little bit of liner. I'd be happy
2: to. (laughs) Do you want to do my
4: makeup sometime? Absolutely. I I, would really like to do that.
2: I like. Eight years ago in the valley, I was friends with a makeup artist, and she did my face, and it was a full tiger face. Whoa. And those pictures do exist on the internet, and for the eventual doxing of me, I encourage people to pass <laughs> those around. Yeah,
4: or your eventual TBT. You like to dox yourself, plenty. So. Yeah, you know what? That <laughs> come isn't out. a
2: TBT, just a self doxing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> okay, great. Um, but we need to talk about Jeannie Robertson. Yeah. And we need to do it with a very special friend and a very special guest who could it be well maybe one of the best people in podcasting ladies and gentlemen you may know him from his podcast pop rocket or from his stand-up or from his show talk show the game show or from his book my life as a goddess ladies and gentlemen give it the hell ever guy
0: good to be here good to have you buddy Thanks for coming on the show. Good to be here in his grace. In his
2: grip. In his grip is uh, a signature we've seen on some emails. Yep. (laughs) In
4: his grip. A real sign off. Yeah.
0: and those people are not talking about the Lord. Can I first ask two yes, broader sir. questions about the podcast that I could have done my own research Please, about. Yeah, yeah, sounds like but you I didn't really you.
4: listen to the pod, on Guy. podcast. I'm sorry.
0: I try to Honestly. most of the time. He's an experiential what, you man. You don't have
4: three hours laying around to listen <laughs> I to? I mean, it?
0: look, I always <laughs> enjoy listening to Kevin. You, I still have to, I have to make my judgments. <laughs> That's
4: fair. I, I would understand. also like to
0: note, Kevin is the only one among us who is really, like, Clothing-wise, sar- sartorially ready for church. Like, That's true.
4: Well, he did come from church. I did come oh. church today. Um, That's absolutely woo. correct.
0: But uh, my two questions yes, are, sir. what is the best Christian film you guys have watched? Oh, And then s- second part is, have you at all considered like... Ending the podcast. <laughs> oh, no, just uh, LDS cinema because there is the rich world of LDS cinema.
4: Okay, we haven't touched mm. LDS at all and I know it's time. I think we're just like kind of forget about it because it's a little bit out of our wheelhouse, yeah. but I would absolutely love to investigate it. Yeah. Well,
2: there's also the nobody beats up my little brother, but me thing too. Where yes, it's like absolutely. Yeah. Protestant mainline Christianity. It's like, I feel like we can speak I in a way yes. that does not feel mean. <laughs> no, absolutely. Even when it's critical. For LDS stuff, I'm very... Yeah, sensitive to like, oh, what if someone gets their feelings hurt, or or if I'm just stupid and I do get some facts of the matter wrong about it? Is there an Anne Hathaway LDS movie (laughs) that I'm making up? Is there? There is some Disney movie that's about a Mormon missionary.
4: Oh,
1: and I want
2: to say Anne Hathaway's in it, but that can't be true, right?
1: Yeah,
4: because she couldn't be a missionary. She couldn't. No. Well, if they're on mission, it's only boys that
0: are on. It's only boys. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, girls. I think girls can go on missions, but
4: the two-year mission.
0: I, I could be wrong. Oh, See, okay. Maybe these
4: like are the general kind of facts missions, we'd get wrong. Yeah, the I know. Show. We need an LDS like uh, lover or yes. performer on the show. Yeah,
2: I think I think we would do it if we could find
0: like a great like Mormon
2: guest that could dictate that and kinda hold our hand
0: through it a little yeah. bit yeah. And,
2: and be our cover. <laughs> when we screw it up.
0: <laughs> but what's the best Christian movie you guys have watched? I do you, think,
4: are you saying Christian like Christian made movie or a movie about Christianity?
0: I, I think Christian
2: made.
4: Christian made. That's I'm going to
2: say, literally, it's I Can Only Imagine, the Dennis Quaid uh, movie yeah. about Bart Miller writing the song I Can Only Imagine. Okay. I think, technically, that is the best one we've seen.
1: That yeah, is. Yeah,
4: well, technically, maybe. I'd say the best one that I maybe enjoyed the most was uh, Thief in the Night, the 70s like, rapture End Times movie Oh that's
0: exciting Yeah
4: it was really uh, It was like just bizarre In a way that I kind of enjoyed So I kind of put that out there
2: Yeah that was more A remnant of a time That was really They said they have that saying About like every movie Is a documentary about itself That was definitely A documentary about Making a thief in the night Yeah the thing these young men and women were going through in the 70s. Yeah, yeah that was super interesting to watch. But kind I think, of
4: like a shittily made movie, but it ended up being kind of artsy on yeah. accident. And that's kind of why I liked it.
2: But I could see myself, if it is, uh, if we still lived in a society and structure media-wise where we still had Saturday afternoons where it's like, what's on TV? Turn on TNT. Yeah. I could see myself coming across, I can only imagine being like, eh, this is fine.
1: Uh-huh. Like
2: there was nothing about it that was super obnoxious or super problematic. It was yeah. just like a fine Film.
4: Oh, you know what? I liked. I don't know if this one counts, but the Jennifer Garner movie "Miracles from Heaven." Oh yeah. Have you heard about that one? Yeah. yeah where the her little girl this, based a on a tree. true story, but falls into a tree and is cured of her yeah like deathly illness. That one was fun. Queen Latifah was in that one. She was. You forget about that. It was like a. It was like a pretty good movie.
2: Are you are you in or out on Garner? I feel like you'd be out. Oh,
0: I hate Jennifer Garner.
4: <laughs> Why? What did she do? Um, oh. Uh,
0: I hate her stupid baby voice. Uh, And I feel like she, like there is never any weight or heft or gravitas to what she does. She seems to be a woman who is about assuring men that she's not gonna do anything that is challenging to them. And I only like, I I like ladies who are a little more challenging. I get that.
4: That's interesting because I see her as often playing the like type A Reese Witherspoon, like grading person sometimes too
2: fans or stands of the Alias series on ABC. No, I missed it. I In never watched.
0: Though I have to say, everyone I know who has had a personal interaction with Jennifer Garner assures me that she's like the best person ever. I believe it. My friend was just like an assistant on the ABC lot and sh- she like came into his office once uh, and learned his name and then always remembered his name after that for like years afterwards, not interacting with him much. Wow. Uh, and he was like, I love her.
2: I think she's the real deal. I've been waiting deal. for the Renaissance. I thought camping would be it. It was not. No. Uh, a friend of mine went through literally almost the exact same arc with Jennifer Garner where he had a very low opinion of her. He was like, no, she kind of bugs me. I think she's annoying and everything. And... He was one of those, I would say, I don't even think she's that pretty either. And he was working at ABC at the time, and then he met her, and it was his role that day for what he was doing to like show her around and kind of be her like right hand for that day. And she gets off the elevator, and his first words are, "Ah, (laughs) and he was smitten, fell in love. And I think for those of us that did watch Alias back in the day, we know that every Jennifer Garner role that's come after is just her... Incognito, undercover, the mm-hmm. true Jennifer Garner, Sydney Bristow, two thousand one through two thousand three or four. Get ready to go fight. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's I what I still what have it's the vaguest understanding
4: of what Alias is about, but I know she fights in it.
2: I mean, it's nothing. Gonna slap some men. Check it out for who Bradley Cooper really is. Check it out for her relationship with Victor
0: Garber. I mean, I always love a Victor Garber vehicle. I
2: mean, that thing, that introduced me to the Garbs.
0: Yeah. So that was, you know, that was
2: formative in a lot of ways.
0: Hey, Victor Garber, like, so solidly establishes the rule that uh, older gay men is allowed to play straight. Yeah. Like, we just don't care once you're, like, dad or boss. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Uh, hashtag spy daddy. Well, Guy, thank you for coming on the show. What is your background with religion?
0: so uh, my mom is a Jew and my dad was actually raised Southern Baptist and we were uh, like my uh, there wasn't a synagogue in our town and my grandmother was an Arkansas Jew so that she was a little bit sort of like um, private about it oh so so it was because
4: of racism or because (laughs) she just like didn't have a like solid hold on
0: it, no, just because like people were bad about it back in Arkansas. Um, and so I actually ended up going to Baptist churches growing up more than anything Jewish, but my mom really pushed Judaism in the home and was very like, read this stuff and all of that. So, and I and I come from a pretty Christian town to the extent that like <laughs> my public school a couple of times had Christian speakers come and I, when I was like a junior went into the principal's office and in a very like civil libertarian Jewish kind of way (laughs) was like, you're not allowed to do that. Those men were telling us about Jesus. And also this school is like, the school was like twenty percent Sikh had a, like had a decent number of Muslims there as well. Oh wow! Um, but they were always just like white people do your white people thing, um, like uh, like uh, and of course, of course like ca- Catholic Latinos. Uh, and I was like, "You're not allowed to do this." They were talking to us about Jesus, and the guy was like, "Yes," but they were non-denominational. Like it's not like <laughs> it's not like they were Baptists or Lutherans. They were just talking non-denominationally. About it was uh, this one specifically were these like bodybuilders who uh, tore. They like oh, were they I've the power team? They yeah, were the, I've they heard were the heard power about team. Yeah. <laughs> yes. you
1: saw the power team. Oh my gosh!
4: Yes. <laughs> I've heard and about the power team. I tried to
0: raise them up. as a as a like civil liberties issue. Good
4: for you, honestly. And
0: I got sh- shut down. I would so see the biopic said, about that said, <laughs>
2: guy. Branham takes the power oh team to the <laughs> Supreme Court <laughs> one so day.
4: Funny, I love that cop out too. If it's not denominational, so they don't have an extra grind.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's an interesting shield. I think you see a lot with. Not genie, but like a certain flavor of speaker where it definitely is like Christ and Christian and Jesus infused. But because there is that n- lack of denominational tie that it can kind of get written off as Tony Robbins when it needs to be yeah. and then can get literally text written off when it needs to be as well, like so given the
0: circumstance.
2: Huh. That's so interesting. And this was this was a town in Northern California?
0: In Northern California. like. Most of the white people were like Dust Bowl refugees. So, I don't, are you a Californian?
4: Uh, yeah, not really, kind of.
0: So, so like in the '30s, um, people from Arkansas and Oklahoma came over to like Orange County and Bakersfield, and then went up
4: in, like Salinas.
0: Yeah, went up the oh. valley, and so there's a there's a lot of. Uh, evangelical assembly of God, Southern Baptist kind of culture going up the middle. Yeah. Um, like when I asked my mom what a Methodist was, she said, they think divorce is okay and they let gay people go to their
1: church.
0: <laughs> and you said, sign me up. <laughs> no, my two favorite things. I was like, they seem bougie and fancy. Tell me more. Yeah,
4: that's, that's lush.
0: And then um, <laughs> public Judaism for us was just... Anytime my mom or grandma would drive past where the synagogue used to be in Marysville, mm-hmm. they would say, That's where the shul used to be. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Did your family do um, like Shabbat or like dinner services and stuff like that together?
0: Uh, we would always do Passover. Uh, we would like Passover and Hanukkah were really sort of the like official things that we would do.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, the stuff that was more synagogue based, because also my family was like, poor and working class and i think my mom would have been very embarrassed to like go to sacram she was embarrassed to like go to sacramento and like go to synagogue there so it was mostly sort of like the home-based things and she wasn't i think shabbat seemed more like more trouble than it was worth um but like we did she always did pesach because she thought that that passover because she thought that that was like important for like Identity purposes. Yeah. And Hanukkah's not hard, you know? (laughs) In the way that, like, a Yom Kippur, like, yeah. Yeah, like, it's kind of built in. But she did a lot of, she bought me a lot of books, and she bought, like, she, you know, she always made sure that I, like, had books about Judaism and prayer books and stuff like that so that I would be able to, like, do, like, learn what I needed to learn and be able to do what I needed to do. Was Mm -hmm. her
4: concern, like, more, I want you to retain this identity, or I find that this religious thought is, like, important for you to have fundamentally?
0: Like, for her, it was primarily identity-based. Like, she was, um yeah because i mean judaism is interesting it's sort of like so much of the practice of judaism is just about maintaining identity yeah like just
4: remembering
0: yeah mm-hmm. uh, like half of that stuff in leviticus is just like to mark you as separate and my mom thought it was part of her job to like mark me and my sister as separate uh and my my grandma too and i don't think she just because they had been sort of like plopped in the middle of a bath of Baptists and assembly of God for such a long time. I don't think she thought a lot about the theological differences in this God. You know, it's like all the same God from the old Testament, but it really is different ways of construing that God, um, in like significant ways. And I think I ended up having to get that from books. It didn't really cross my mom's mind. Um, and then, uh, you know Moshe Kasher, right? Uh-huh. Of course, yeah. Uh his brother is a rabbi and I've been listening to his podcast where he um interprets Torah portions and there are times when like you get this like the the god of the Talmud who is like the relationship with humanity and with Jews is s- so different. Like um you know, God <laughs> like in one of them he talks about uh there, there's a portion of, I think, Leviticus where it says that you're offering a goat as a sin offering for God. And always before it references as a sin offering for yourself. And this question of like, why it's at the end oh, of the... Oh,
4: like God have sins that you need to forgive him it's at for? The, it's
0: at the end of the month. It's at the end of the month. And the, the, like, the argument, the Talmudic argument is that God's diminishment of the sun uh, of the moon in the course of creation was an unnecessary diminishment of something um, and the notion that like god makes mistakes as well in a way that and also sort of like i mean that is something i do think i got from my mom was this concept of like argument and response with god <laughs> that sort of Judaism is important to Judaism and is not important to Christianity in the same way. Uh and things like um just the like the idea of Israel meaning strives with God, that it all goes back to a wrestling match with an angel and that like w- our religion is very much s- about still being engaged in that wrestling match. Um was something that I sort of uh, appreciated and picked up over time.
2: It's an interesting thing too because things like Judaism, I think some people's popular conception or notion of it does have to revolve around those ideas of the ritual, or especially like Hasidic Jews and the way they express that stuff, and then Protestant Christianity, uh, less so with Catholicism because there's there's a good amount of ritual built into that too. Yeah. And Protestant Christianity is kind of like, it's rock and roll church, or it's kind of loosey-goosey, but then the thing underneath that is a very rigid, strict idea of how you are supposed to behave and interact with God. Mm. So it's interesting that it's almost like a mere flipped image of, there's all these things that we, we may think of as like, oh, doing the most in this sense, and then you do Yom Kippur, then you did the, this or sort of meal, and it's blah, 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 and this, and this is kosher, and blah, blah, blah. But then what that is all pointing to is a relationship with God
0: that does have latitude
2: for anger, disagreement, conversation, dialogue, pushback, all that stuff.
0: Well, also, I think the concept in Judaism that which is very different from particularly evangelical Christianity, that the word on the paper is not enough, that like it is only through our participation and engagement that it achieves a meaning that is functional. And I feel like so much Protestant Christianity in divorcing itself from institutions or other scholarship is about, I read this word and between the word and God, like giving me inspiration, I understand. And I feel like, to many Protestant Christians, Judaism's like weird, like all of our weird rules that people made up seems like, um, like bad, <laughs> like, y- you know, uh, against the word of God, but it's like both of them are, are, are sort of like extremities. Yeah. Like, you know, like it, at the end of the day, it does take your specific practice, to turn any of that stuff into meaning.
2: The technical theological term for for that idea that exists in Protestant Christianity is sola scriptura, or might be solo scriptura, which is like, it's only scripture that you need to understand the will, the mind of God, the character and nature of God. And I wonder if that sort of thinking calcifies with age, out of laziness in a way or belief system, because there is something that as you get older and older, part of your curiosity or hunger or thirst becomes dormant. You want to compartmentalize more things in your life, and you just want to have less stuff to worry about in some ways. So the idea of like, no, this is something that you have to keep investigating and keep questioning and like test this, test that. And you are as much an alive and active a part of this equation of understanding what this means as the scripture is, is just kind of exhausting. And then all those people... Become in power, remain in power, or if it really is like a genuine—because, of course, we see as many young people that feel as strong a conviction, but I wonder what that is and why that is such a a fought-against idea or belief system in so much of Protestant Christianity.
4: Yeah, it feels like, uh, at least the impression I got a lot growing up with the Bible was like, the Bible's meaning itself is rigid, and it's up to you to figure out what that rigid structure actually is. Uh And like, that's through discovery and through your life or whatever, but more is like, you're trying to align with what the Bible is actually saying. And quite often, like, the translation or the interpretation is laid out for you already. And it's like, no, it means this. It it actually means that, like, gay people aren't allowed to do this or whatever. And you just need to, like, conform eventually. Mm. And I, I so love... This sort of it, it, like interaction with the Bible, which is like, no, I get to argue with it. I get to quibble about what the rules could actually be, and I get to use my life experience to inform the word, and like let it breathe back instead of just being like, what I need to figure out what the treasure is here and yeah. get, get in there, and then that's that's what I'll believe or whatever. Instead sort of engaging with it, to that think the cool.
2: Bible isn't a long drawn out version of National Treasure to (laughs) Book of Secrets. Yeah, so it's right there. And so it's like, no,
4: it's definitely this and you just have to get there yourself.
2: What were your feelings towards God during this time when you were being raised with all these ideas?
0: I thought it was so wonderful and beautiful and magical. And I liked getting to be part of Judaism. And then I hit that point when I realized I was sexually attracted to men. And I mean, like... I think that's also one of the reasons I was more attracted to Judaism. Not that it is more lenient in its approach to homosexuality. I mean, in in practice for reformed Jews, like, they're more chill with it. But, like, Judaism is, like, the thing is, is, like, I feel like that line in Leviticus, like, just saying you can't do this. In Christianity, there is supposed to be an alignment between, like inclination and law like the notion of like it's as bad to think a thing as it is to do it where judaism is just like just don't do it like it's not like (laughs) yeah pigs are evil it's not like wearing a linen cotton blend is evil it's not like having not wearing a talus is evil you just have to do it like you just have to like the you know, I, my religion doesn't know what happens to me when I die, but it does know how much horseradish I have to eat on Passover, <laughs> you know? And like, there's something nice about that clarity and I think that disjuncture between sort of like inclination, where, uh, inclination and behavior where I really was able to say for many years of my life, I will want to do this thing, but I will simply not do this thing and thereby I will continue to circumscribe my life and, you know... L- like sanctify myself to God.
2: And that was for a lot, a portion of your life that was religiously motivated.
0: Yes. Wow.
2: I mean, I, I didn't know that about you.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's sort of a thing of, I knew that my parents would hate me, but also like, what does it mean? Like the religious ramifications matter to me a lot. And it's one of the things I try to express in stand up, but I'm never able to like get into it enough is like, I think one of the important factors in coming out of the closet is like, you like you kind of have to kill God in your heart and you kind of have to sort of like, be willing to step away from your family. And people are very ready to say like, no, 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 it's unnecessary all of that. But like on the page, there's not really a religion that wants us. And I think that that is um, an interesting sort of thing. Um, and so I think that that also informs what my practice is now, um, because my practice now really is engaging with the parts of Judaism that celebrates, um, God in creation, you know, like, um, like the, the fact that. God gave us a wonderful world to enjoy. I mean, oh, it's it's so funny. Moshe actually brought his brother to my Passover Seder two or three years ago. And I made a couple of jokes about God not existing, um, which is like, the thing is, is like, you're allowed to fist fight with God up to a point, but there are certain, certain moves that are barred, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he was like kind of like bumped on it. And then afterwards was like, I realized I went to something very cool, you know? And I think that like, I, I just have to set up the terms for relationship to Judaism that work for me now, understanding that like correct adherence to Judaism is not something that I am capable of, of doing in my life. And also that we have a different relationship to sin and repentance than Christianity does. Because um, that w- that weird relationship to, uh, I, and I think it is sort of like inappropriately toyed with by a lot of public Christians of sort of like, and now I feel bad about it. So it's all gone away and we don't have to talk about it. Um, where Judaism's like keeping score more and less, you know, it's just, you did that. Like, there you'll repent for it, but also just like you're supposed to not do that. Um, and it, like, how your heart or repentance lines up with it is just a different relationship.
2: Because, does the way it expresses uh, itself in, in Judaism is it more repenting to your neighbor, your brother, your sister? Is that the difference? You're, I mean,
0: you're supposed to do that, but it's not like there isn't this concept of the intercession of Christ sort of like, you know, removing that sin, you still did it, you know? And it's like, and there are ramifications for like, whether you're clean and allowed to touch the Torah or like that sort of thing. Um, But there's also just like, it's not going to go away. Like you you did it, but also like, we're all sort of doing this imperfectly. We're all having to argue about what the best way to wear your, prayer shawl is like we're all having you know that these things are ongoing arguments and you do the best you can and you understand if you didn't do the best you can that's on you and that's not going away
2: yeah so almost like with a lot of other religions sin or like sin issues as as you want to call them it's almost like okay take out the trash take out the trash it's out it's out of here it's Mm -hmm. not in here now and with judaism in the way you've experienced it's more like it's in here sit with it. But it's actually not, it's, you're still okay. And it's not like a defining part of you that,
0: that you have to sit in it.
2: Is that more, is that closer to the idea?
0: I I mean, what's interesting though, is that like my sin is a defining, like my course in to Judaism is a defining part of me. So what do I learn from that? Yeah, You know, what do I learn from that? And for a long time I was like, the answer is to just not do it. Um, and I have to assume and believe that there is s- some other lesson to be learned from this situation. Uh, and Reform Jews or Reconstructionists, actually not Reconstructionist Jews, but Reform Jews. There is a notion of just like, those are the bad parts. Those are the homophobic and misogynistic parts that were added by culture, blah, blah, blah. Ignore those parts. And I can't really do that. I just have to say it is what it is and accept the the world in my life for what it is.
4: How do you do that? I mean, how do you, um, I don't know, still go with it and still keep in mind that like this part of the Bible or this part of Judaism, I can't erase and I can't like make up a new version because then I'm probably not even doing Judaism anymore. Right. Yeah. So like, how do you, how do you live in that?
0: Um, like,
4: because you're not, you're not denying You're like, no, I know this isn't bad of like my identity. (laughs) Like I don't believe that this is sinful.
0: Yeah. Um, like, it's a question of um and it's weird because I, I'm asking for a friend no the, the <laughs> thing is is like i i I think on the one hand, I do sort of like experience an intellectual double think of both this is a cultural construction of my people that was used to organize us and keep us alive in the desert and also the notion that like there is a Hashem behind it who is trying to guide me or teach me something because I do feel like Judaism is a magnificent game that does teach us more about the world mm. and I think I think there's something neat about the, the concept of Hashem defining people outside of it. What is Hashem? Uh, oh, Hashem, uh, sorry. So um, Hashem is just what Jews call uh, God in secular situations because there's the unspeakable name of God, and then there's the word for Lord that you use in prayers and stuff. And then, um, sort of Orthodox Jews would just say it means the name. Uh, would say Hashem in conversation, and it's weird that I'm using it because I could probably just no, say, you
4: can say that's fine. <laughs> say God, no, I like it.
0: But like um, the thing is, it's like. Uh, Isn't there something interesting about the notion of God saying, um, like, well, there are states, but then there are territories that don't get senators, but they're still part of America, but about humanity, you know, and sort of like saying that, you know, possibly, (laughs) do I have a role towards Judaism that is parallel towards that of people who are heterosexual, who are able to fully participate in it Um, is my job to be be part of this criticism. Is this, is my, you know, like, what is it that I'm getting out of it? And the things that I like most are, are the things that like, I think that there's something very lovely about homosexuality because I don't get the promise of another life in either of the most conventional senses of an afterlife or progeny. Um, So I must love this World. Mm. And in Judaism, this world is an important and the female aspect of God. That table, this light in the room, is the Shekinah. Like the female aspect of God is the physical world that exists here. And understanding how that elevates and celebrates our lives, mm-hmm. I think is fun to understand that, like, I'm playing only this game so what do I do here? Does that make sense? No, I yeah. just know
4: exactly what you mean. It brings an it's intense so amount
2: of presence to your life.
4: Yes. Well, you know, I'm sure you add this whole other color to what other Jews could probably expect from life. Because I think that's so valuable of being like, can you find enough joy, enough uh, divinity in just your lifespan here yes. without needing an afterlife or a legacy yeah. to like give it meaning or to give it substantial yes divine weight or something like that that is really profound
0: and there's a lot of judaism that really is about that like the fact that all of our holidays center on then you didn't die yeah. like <laughs> yeah almost but then and then you didn't we die and there are also like <laughs> sorry that we're just talking about my relationship to judaism no, I love it. this is what we want okay can, I t- can we talk briefly about um uh, two two books of the Bible. Yes, Please. they are as follows: Ruth and Esther. We've got so uh, Ruth is very closely associated with uh, Shavuot, um, the 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 holiday of the Bible being given, uh, and Esther, of course, has Purim, the holiday about us not, not dying. Um.
2: We all remember home for Purim from uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for your yeah, consideration because for movie. maybe. Uh-huh.
0: So it's just the fact that like. Esther is legally, officially, racially Jewish, and in no other way is a practicing Jew. And that manages to save her and her people. And Ruth isn't just not Jewish. Ruth, like, there's a verse in the... There is a prohibition in the Bible from um, people from wherever she's from, Moab. Moabites can't convert to Judaism. Like, she is, like by the law forbidden from becoming jewish but still becomes jewish and that is enough uh, and her holiday is the holiday of giving of giving the
4: whole the bible the yeah. whole bible uh-huh. that excludes Torah, her yeah.
0: that excludes her from participation yeah is uh-huh. also her holiday and the fact that you have ironies like that where the bible is saying like not practicing is enough and just practicing is enough. And I feel like there is a a world of interpretations and a world of approaches. Um, and I like that. And the fact that it's both about ladies is also cool.
4: Yeah. That sounds so, uh, like not to, project but it sounds Christian to me too of that idea of like there is no slave there is no Greek there is no woman or whatever it's just faith and you're allowed to be in Yes. and I'd never thought about I'm sure someone's mentioned that in passing but I just had never thought about but that the, with Ruth or Esther
0: but I mean the cool thing about but the thing about Esther is like Esther's not even really faith like Esther's, no, she doesn't uh, even uh, talk about God. Uh, Esther's, uh, she doesn't talk about God. She's it's not like, about faith. Like, um, it's
4: all basically sh- just like nationality identity. Yes, anyway. uh-huh.
0: and I like, I like that. You know, it's in in stuff like that. I feel like you see the gigantic aspect of this. That, like, in the frivolities, I think you can see the gigantic aspect of things, mm. uh, and then you also have the specifics, which are terribly important.
4: I love hearing you talk about this too because I feel like it, it speaks to where I'm at a little bit, too, where there's this in-between that I'm straddling of, like, I really love this, uh, like, tradition of the faith that I have. And I've grown up with it. And there's a lot that I care about. But then there's these big gaping sections of the foundational text that I don't agree with and I can't abide. And the way I've learned for I'm so long. I'm pretty sure
0: you should remain silent in the church. And let <laughs> <that> Kevin <laughs> church, and I you handle know this. Sorry,
4: never mind. Um, is there a women's retreat I can go talk about
2: this with? Children, come kind of learn from me. <laughs>
4: but then being like, well the the whole structure that I love says that if I deny these small aspects then I'm out. So yeah. like my option is either all in or all out basically, and I'm trying to fight for like no, I'm not all out, but I don't know where I belong now because y- these people may not and these people I maybe aren't even technically Christians, so like what am I doing? Yeah. You know? And that's the weird place. Well,
2: in uh, the thing is the things that we're talking about with that stuff and even the Judaism that you're describing is that you can find your strain that does affirm all the things that you would want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I went to a church this morning where the pastor's queer women are leading the thing everyone's like all the stigma and all the shit that we were raised with where it's like well this kind of sucks and there's a part of my heart that always knows that you can find that strain but are you just saying like you feel guilty participating in that because you don't want it to be like an easy answer
4: i think like i'm saying yeah be not not i feel guilty but uh it's not like uh <sighs> I'm trying to think of the right word. Like, it's not scientifically rational to say that that's still Christian because yes. it's not actually following to the T the thing that's supposed to be Christian, or at least from I, what I I've learned. That. Yeah. But, you know, can I accept and grow? And maybe that's just because it's foreign to me and find that like, oh, no, there is a different way of interpreting this Bible where I don't have to be all or nothing. Uh, and okay. I can find my strain.
0: My favorite joke when walking to uh Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur services at Berkeley Hillel, I always went to the conservative services that were in Hebrew. And as we passed the reform services, uh someone would always say, you know, my biggest problem with the r- reform services, all the crosses. And just <laughs> that thing of like once you start pulling that stuff away, what's left? Yeah, you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah.
4: And I feel like I, I remember talking about that with um Megan O'Giblin who was saying like yeah, but, you know, that's cool that you're having maybe a more liberal interpretation of the Bible, but I don't think that is is what the Bible is actually saying. So you're kind of doing gymnastics, and she doesn't agree with the Bible.
2: Tippity-taffity, tippity Yeah, taffety. you're doing yeah. tap dancing, yeah.
4: you know, and you need to, like, be real with yourself about that. And
2: mm-hmm. You're like,
4: yeah, I guess that could be true. Can I, can I still live here? I don't know.
2: That, like, more liberal sex of whatever the religion may be, is kind of a LaCroix version of what the actual text is saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, In some
4: ways, where it's like. And we're being like, no, it's not. It's the real one. Yeah, it's, like, it's co- okay. It's
2: coconut. Is it coconut? <laughs> yeah, oh, know. no, it's kind of coconut, I, know, I guess. But
4: I also love my LaCroix church, too, you know, and I think that's. <laughs> I, and I like totally think it's serving a purpose and I'm like rooting for it. I just don't know if it's like uh, it, rational, you know, or some level
2: i totally understand what you're saying that's such a strange contradiction to live within yeah. because no and i feel like that's something i fought against too and that's why i was going to that conservative church for so long the theologically conservative it was not yeah. a maca church where you're like
4: them. well at least it's being honest with what this word is you know? yeah
2: and i was like well and even though i can disagree i can push this way and that way and be positive be word, influence yeah. what's
4: that sorry honest may not be the word like technical i guess yeah
2: yeah, but just in a way where it's like, I'm not kidding myself.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
2: now it's like, Am I kidding myself? Well, to a degree. May- yeah,
4: but I like your idea of like, well, maybe I am a kind of walking contradiction and maybe that's important. Yeah. And that's why I'm part of this fold. And they need to acknowledge me and like figure out where I belong to.
0: I like the thing about the thing about Judaism is like any of those rough spots that you can't sand down that's a question we have to figure out. Yeah. yeah, You know, you don't walk past it. You spend hundreds of years <laughs> arguing with dead people about it. And then it's integrated into, yeah, the tradition of faith. Yes.
4: Yeah. Then, well, and then it's- we have
0: to eat or not eat or wear something weird. <laughs> that's right.
4: <laughs> and it's complicated by the fact of there are actual people telling me you don't belong in this anymore because you don't believe Jesus is entirely real or not. And I'm like, well, come on.
0: <laughs> Can I tell you guys about something lovely that happens? Yes. Um, one time I went to uh, this show at UCB in New York and for some reason there were just a quarter of the audience was Orthodox Jews <laughs> and, um,
4: Orthodox Jews, like that's the one that has like the hair top.
0: Yeah. Top so like you had, you had men in Kipot. I mean, they weren't like Hasidim, but like you had okay. men in yarmulkes okay. and the women were, uh, if they were married, were wearing wigs or scarves over their heads and, um, <laughs> I went out after Michelle Wolf, who's a hilarious comic and who like did a bunch of crowd work with them, but was a lot of the crowd work I would have, it was in the territories that I would have done. And so I went out and it was like, well, I got to do something. And then I like did deep Judaism material at them for a while (laughs) and, you know, accessible enough that the rest of the audience can get it. But it was very interesting having this moment of connection where I I have a weird relationship to those people because like, like, they would never acknowledge me as correctly the thing that they are, but they also cannot completely define me away because of this like ethnic aspect to things. Yeah. Um, and they were the coolest and the best. Uh-huh. And it was like really nice and it would be interesting to talk to more people like that about this sort of thing because uh, like the practicality of uh, it would be interesting to hear the practicality of the way that they would approach how i should be leading my life i'm sure that most of them would just be like well you shouldn't do that you know like you You think
4: they would still say you're jewish but you're not you're not you shouldn't do that i think they would say like
0: you're such a wonderful person like you should not have sex with men, yeah. like, and there's just like <laughs> no way around that. And I wonder how they would try to, to deal with that. Yeah. Um, if also understanding that that means cutting me off from a significant aspect of, like, the loveliness that there is here in this world. Mm-hmm. While mm-hmm. you still want to
2: participate in those things.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. the funny thing. It like, would
4: be easy for them to be like, well, he doesn't even like this, you know, and he hates us, so we, easy to kick him out.
2: Yeah. And there's something so wonderful about people whose life bears witness to In some cases, being an annoying pebble in someone's shoe. Yes. Wouldn't it be so nice if you were just like, all right, I'm out, I won't be annoying, and I'm going to cling to this whatever, like secular, or like what you would think of as like a hedonistic, blah, blah, blah perspective, but no, I do love this, and you cannot devalue me for these ethnic reasons, for my own natural appetites towards participation, Yeah. as well as just like... I'm one of you. Like, you have to do something with it. Yeah.
0: I mean, God didn't make a world that worked. You know, he didn't make, like, a clean clock that just functions. Um, And a lot of people construe that as, like, a world of temptation and the truth. Um, But I prefer to see it from a he gave us lots of questions that we have to figure out in the same way that we had to figure out like how photosynthesis works. Yeah. <laughs> a lot I of like holes, a lot of holes for us to fill in.
4: Yeah. So what you're saying is I'm God too.
0: Yes. Cool. Well, you'll believe God is a
2: woman.
4: Yeah. Or guy is,
2: or guy is a guy. God. We
0: were made in his image. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> yeah. Image bears. Hey, I thanks
2: for sharing all Man, that. Man, I that love hearing your
4: perspective. Super yeah. Super interesting. I like I could talk to you a long time about that.
2: Thanks. <laughs> Halfway through listening the guy was like, wait a minute, is this podcast good? <laughs> Uh, Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more good Christian fun and good Jewish fun.
3: your favorite seats the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes.
0: There really is no place like
3: home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place.
2: Welcome back to good Christian fun and good Jewish fun. This episode, let's get back in and dive into the topic. Come on, what you just heard, Guy Branum, was a contemporary Christian music artist named Stephen Curtis Chapman. There's a song called Dive. He did recently perform on Fox and Friends, so I don't know if we can oh, keep yeah. playing it. I know. Although if we start canceling, quote-unquote, every Christian artist on this show, we won't have any more to play. We What can does canceling
4: mean to you? I don't
2: know. Well, I'm just saying, quote-unquote, canceling, because it's a... It's a Elastic definition. If we canceled people on this show, where it's like cancel, in this definition being we can't play their stuff or talk about them anymore.
4: Oh, okay. There's nothing. To a, talk about. We've talked about canceling a lot, and then I realized the other day, like I don't know what our definition of canceling is. Is it just ignoring people? That seems a very gentle cancel to <laughs> me. <laughs> I never
0: thought about it before, but there is a way that cancel culture like has a christian element to it sure of you are out of salvation go away where I do think my approach to so many of these things is a very Jewish sort of like keep doing what you're doing and we're just going to write a lot of think pieces.
1: Oh that's funny. <laughs> no see actually the
4: Christian thing would be like if you say you're sorry or even pretend to be sorry. Uh, yes. You're in we're fine. We have to be good. That's and just a beautiful accept point. You, no matter yeah. what the consequences. Oh where you're saying I'm saying there's a good and a bad. Yeah. General and culture point,
2: yeah. would be very suspicious and test the validity of every apology or every
4: i'm saying christians like a christian reaction or a christian canceling probably is pretty really undoable
2: yeah
0: yeah i get that Not anyway
4: canceling. did you have any exposure to contemporary
2: christian art or anything like that growing up
0: um the other people at my high school were really into it so my knowledge of contemporary christian music is only from the early 90s so the uh the things I can name are Jars of Clay. Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: Jars
4: of Clay. And
0: the Newsboys. Oh, sure. <laughs> <Yeah.
4: laughs>
2: Newsboys. Like, those are two of the big ones. Uh-huh. Two of the big five, I would say.
4: I like those two. Newsboys you like? I'm kind of grown on the Newsboys. We went to a Newsboys concert. Oh, really? Like a year and a half ago?
2: Voluntarily. February ago? of last year. Yeah. They were at the Wiltern. It
4: was a blast. Oh, that's crazy. It was so that's fun. strange.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: It was a good time. Switchfoot's good. playing there next month. Oh, really? Good
0: for them. Is Switchfoot... Uh, con- Christian? They are Christian, but they're chill surfer bro Christian. Yeah.
4: And they kind of started out like real defined Christian. And then they were kind of like, don't make us be Christian all the time. And now they're, you know, whatever.
0: Oh, and of course, Amy Grant. I remember Amy Grant making the pivot and people being pretty judgmental. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: that was a pretty defining pop culture moment for all of us. We all remember some, we were all part of that. Yes, Grant Gate, 1994, whenever (laughs) it was. Um, Well, let's talk about another prominent woman in Christian art, Jeannie Robertson. Mm -hmm. Jeannie Robertson first came on my radar when Guy tweeted about her probably a year ago yes. now or around that time about her stand-up stuff. There was a clip that I don't, I don't, I have no uh, sense of what is viral or not anymore. I have no sense of what's big or not anymore, especially on YouTube. But the lady has 220,000 or 200,000 subscribers on her YouTube channel. Wow. The clip that you posted has over 10 million views and she is someone that, defines herself as a Christian
4: humorist
2: or speaker, not a comedian. She never calls herself a comedian. Can I read a
4: quote about that? Yes. So she said, humor is not about one-liners or being able to tell jokes. It's about accepting things about yourself that can't be changed and finding the humor in the situations around you. Things happen on a daily basis that are really funny, but people that the funny stuff get away. So she... And she does this every time someone talks to her or like interviews her about her. She always says, I'm not a comedian, I'm not a comedian, I'm a humorist. I tell stories about my life that are funny. Which seems such like a bullshit like differentiation. I was just like, Okay, Jeannie, I know what you're trying to say
0: it's interesting because I always like anyone who defines themselves as a humorist I'm like what's your problem I've always said <laughs> yeah if like
4: I, okay Mark Twain Dave you know? Barry if, if
0: I, I always said if I move back to San Francisco I have to become a humorist <laughs> you know you've like got a column yeah. in the Chronicle and you just sort of like oh I've gotten insight uh, about funny Fisherman's War. Yeah, yeah. yeah well
4: and I think I, I think what she was trying to do was define herself as like family comedy kind of yeah. thing and she saw comedians Canadians is like Richard Pryor and Bill Cosby, of like punchline, setup, punchline, well, and then like it's mean.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> the thing is is like I found her because um, somebody, one of the women who host Lady to Lady, posted some Christian comic who had like an hour on Netflix or something. And I went and watched a bad clip and then I clicked on another one to like laugh at the Christian comedian. Mm-hmm. But it was Jeannie. And I, by the end of it, was like, mm, she's good at what she does. She's and, very good. And <laughs> yeah. just kept with it. But the notion of these audiences that are mostly composed of church going people over 50 that were doing this in the theaters of Christian colleges and stuff like that it's the safe comfortable conversation of we're all on the same page yeah and it's sort of like not talking about the world outside of that very much and I thought that I would find that like insular and gross but she's very good at what she does. That's
2: that's the thing that's a pebble in our shoe about this sort of thing because we've talked about what's interesting about her definition of comedian versus humorist versus speaker is that Christian comedy as a circuit does exist. That, like, Mark Lowry Mm -hmm. is a popular Christian comedian. That guy uh, at Kev on stage that had that clip around, going around about rank the Dritos versus the Fritos versus the blah, blah, blah. He defines himself as a Christian comedian. Yeah. So that labeling process is like, would be accepted even within this subculture. So it's funny that she even goes to further lengths to still soften at least on a branding sense her image or her palatability in
0: in all these different spaces. Well, I do like the fact that part of saying that she is a humorous speaker and not a comedian is just sort of accepting I'm gonna need an hour. You know, like, this is not, I'm gonna give you seven minutes of my non threatening material. It is like, everybody sit down comfortably, because I'm gonna take some time with this. I
4: see it as like a really brilliant marketing move because, Yeah. yeah, it means she gets booked as a special speaker at these churches where they build an event around her instead of her like passing through and talking at a women's luncheon or something or like doing jokes
0: for youth group. Well, the the thing is, is I was at my grandparents' church enough to experience a couple of times that weird thing of, we stay afterwards and there's this thing, <laughs> um, and it was always the such, a, such yeah. a weird thing. And I, I like watching Jeannie, I'm like, I would've, like if I, as a seven-year-old boy, had seen a woman who was Miss North Carolina 40 years ago Tell adorable, non threatening stories. I would have just been like, Who's she
4: in a skirt suit of diff- uh, a rainbow of skirt suits? Uh, oh, every time. No, and I mean, leggings? absolutely, <laughs> oh, and a the, kitten heel. The, the, like, oh my God. the, the
0: mid grade glamour of it all <laughs> that's what's so fun, but you <laughs> She's know what,
4: so medium glamour. I love yeah. it. Yeah, what's
2: interesting, even about the circuit that we're describing, is if you go on her website right now, uh, and she does have like. 35 upcoming dates this year. Yes. She is an actively working comedian.
0: It's four it, of them outside the former Confederacy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like a, a couple a multi-night stand yeah. in Paducah, Kentucky. I don't think she
4: can travel very far, maybe, too. I might she was in Palm Springs a couple
5: of months treatment. ago. She I was thought in about Palms, going uh,
0: yes. In uh, November I was gonna go and then <gasps> I ended up not being in <gasps> the country. No. And it made me very sad because I was just like well, also because for such a long time, all of her videos were from a while ago, and I wanted to. And she's like knocking on eighty, and I just wanted to see like, is, is Jeannie still doing okay? Yeah, you she know, she's she seventy five years old.
3: Um,
2: but but those venues, it's a pretty broad mix. Like, it's a lot of it's a lot of churches and things like that. But then it's also just like the. Tennessee Civic Center and this and that. So she's doing like theater dates too. It's not just like uh, after the sermon, we have a lady coming out. Like it's doing the venues that I guess you would do in those like very much. She probably has like
4: a booker on top of being like church, you know. Oh, yeah. She calls
2: them the Nashville people (laughs) in one of her specials. (laughs) Oh, I want to play this video of her describing herself just to kind of give context to the listener of how she brands herself how she defines herself and how she expresses it.
3: My name is Jeannie Robertson. I am a professional speaker, have been for 54 years, and I'm classified as a humorist. You can use your words to weave longer stories probably than bada-bing, bada-bing with the comedian. And the words should be clever. They don't need four-letter words in there with us. Well, I'm from the South, can you tell? I grew up in North Carolina. My people are from Alabama. I went to Auburn University in Alabama. My whole younger upbringing was the South. And I started my professional speaking career traveling the state of North Carolina and then secondly Alabama because of those reasons. I became Miss North Carolina and I went to the Miss, as we say in the South, the Miss America pageant. And I dropped out of school that year and I traveled and I made more than 500 little speeches. You can't buy that kind of experience. And it took me about a week to say something funny in a speech, and people (laughs) laughed. And I loved it, and they did too. Your life is your story, because that's all I'm doing. I want people to sit in that audience and say, she's been a fly on the wall of my house. When all I did was find family stories, and I stretch them a little bit. Well, I stretch them a lot sometimes. (laughs) She's in her seat. She's so cute. My whole philosophy in life is we find what we're looking for. But I believe it with all my heart. If you get up and you look for the humor every day, you will find it. And when somebody criticizes you, you do sort of say, let me make sure there's not something here that's valid that I need to change. It's the advice I would give to college graduates getting ready to start a career can't make everything just like you want it. you got to keep a sense of humor about it. What I found out was in the theater shows, I do have to have a little point. It just, I just can't help it after these years. And it's as simple as reminding people, it's your choice whether you want to enjoy every day or not. Nobody else should be able to ruin your day or my day. If we keep a sense of humor, we've got it made. I love to sit out there and see everybody in the audience laughing of all and I can look from ages. person to person and on the outside, I can tell you, they don't have the same backgrounds, they're not the same religion, they're not from the same area of the country, they might not be the same race, but when they make eye contact and look at each other and realize we're all laughing at the same thing. When you travel, you have a big opportunity to find a lot of stories. If you do work in one office with the same three people. Okay. She comes red. down pretty well, hard she's on normal Jeannie. <laughs> and to people my age and older, I would say, everybody's got family stories. <laughs> and if you don't pass them on to the next generation, record them, video them, or write them up. We always talk about, you can't take it with you, you can't take it with you. But if we pass on, and we have not passed our family stories to the next generation, we take them with us. By Southern Living, Southern
4: Living magazine. I <laughs> uh, love all those little like salty tidbits of like life advice that's like general enough to be sweet and not like pointed enough to like kind of make you upset. <laughs> <laughs> I it's just like, love it.
0: The way that she is always managing anything that could possibly upset anyone in a very gentle way, I really appreciate. In some of them, you'll hear her the f- like before her first story in any set where she mocks her husband. She talks about how he likes it, and it's okay. In this very like, please don't think that I am a woman getting above herself. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I have permission from my husband to tell this story. That's
2: what's so funny is how much she has totally controlled narrative and legacy of whatever their lives are, Yeah, but just throwing that in and then doing whatever the hell she wants to, obviously. She's allowed to
4: be a little mean. does make
2: it it okay. In the same way that like, a, a female speaker wouldn't be threatening in the same way that a female comedian would be. There's yeah. all these like micro concessions almost. <laughs> oh, that that's interesting. People, yeah. Which we've seen other like female stand ups do. Also, it's interesting that it's touched on in that video. In And it, it might have happened in another special and I didn't see it or hear it. But she says, and I always have a point. And it is usually that. It's like, look for the funny in life and blah, blah, blah. That kind of, you know those sort of aphorisms and general positivity it's not and that's why we need jesus and that's why christ on the cross it's there's not a lot of that in her material
4: no i think the closest she'll get is she'll be like you know methodist be like or like (laughs) baptist be like you know that's the
0: thing thing. is she will say your sense of humor was created by god um Uh, and and then um uh, the thing of her sort of like poking fun from e- like uh, to different denominations of mainline Christianity yeah I know which is
4: that same like safe insular thing like oh, yes. uh, we all were friends at the end of the day but we all do know about these denominations but there's terror. not at
0: least like an altar call or anything resembling that no, at the end of her yeah. stuff which- does that happen I was I'm sorry if oh, she yeah. isn't Christian enough to be Christian no no no, and no, 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 no. this she is, is what we um, want right but, in the saddle <laughs> um, but what would a sort of like frosted tips um, Christian comedian dude of 33 years of age (sighs) how would we see the lord in his set gosh well i mean the biggest one right now i don't even want to talk about no
4: but it's like it's mostly kind of political thing like Uh it kind of gets into they make fun of like liberal america for a little while Uh and then the like punchline is like we as a culture have lost track of like what's good and moral in our lives and we need to like keep that i think is kind of the point
2: Caroline and I, a couple of months ago, did go on a, U- this was not for the podcast, this was just fun friends hanging out and having fun, but we did go on kind of a YouTube rabbit hole of, let's check out some other Christian comedians we haven't seen before. And they were almost all uniformly disappointing and stuff, even looking for the best or trying to see the most married and whatever that they were doing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Shonda kind of came up on top, and then Jeannie, I would put... Uh, yeah, maybe above Shonda. Uh, I yeah. mean, they're working very different uh, Shonda was ways. another
4: comedian we talked And she's like comedian, comedian.
2: Yeah, um, That and might have been one of the
1: clips. You yeah, and Shonda was. is exactly. a pretty yeah.
4: conservative woman in general, but what I liked about her is I think she's had such a difficult life that she also has like a ton of humility Yeah, in a way where she just like, I don't know, was like a grain of salt with a lot of things.
2: Yeah, but the politics of that being more explicit. I can't tell you how many times I did Google Jeannie Robertson Trump, Jeannie Robertson <laughs> MAGA, Jeannie <laughs> Robertson yeah. I didn't find anything, so that's um, what that is. Well, <laughs> well,
4: she is Miss Congeniality after all. <laughs> She's fair. not here to ruffle feathers. The
0: other aspect of that is this morning, for reasons unrelated to this, I watched uh, a Chris Lentz sermon. He is.
4: Oh, Justin Bieber's?
0: Yes. Pastor? Oh, Carl Lentz. At Carl the, Lentz, yes, sorry. He's the hunky, shirtless pastor, bro. Hunky is yeah. not yeah.
4: what I would describe him he as. He is yeah. self
0: branding as hunky. Um, and seeing <laughs> him sort of like work punchlines into the sermon. Um, were very fun in one of them he was like shaking around a box of Legos as like an illustration for what faith is like, and it was just interesting seeing the ways that like it is speaking in front of people, and once you integrate trying to be cool in twenty nineteen jokes come up, and just <laughs> figuring out what like pastor joking is in america today <laughs> oh
4: yeah yeah i feel like that would be fun coming from an outside safe perspective yes. where you don't have to endure it at all. <laughs> in all my
2: experience i've seen a handful of people do it super well and the rest it does feel like digression from larger points where it's like i need to keep your attention here's like a little treat here's a story about my kids or something uh-huh. <laughs> i've seen a lot of effective communicators do it where it's It's more used as a satirical device that illustrates the larger things in a way. And they're the butt of their own joke. And in that instance, they're not punching down. They're not making themselves the hero or God in the example. Uh, I've seen a few people do it well. I don't know if it's most of them, but a few. Because the skill sets, as I'm sure we've talked about a thousand times, are so... Such a Venn diagram of what, like, a, a successful stand-up and what a
0: pastor preacher would be able to do. Do Do you think there's very little overlap, or?
2: Oh no, I think there's a oh, good amount. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In terms of like, I mean, there's literally preaching to the choir, and of course, preachers don't face the same kind of rooms and like arcs that you have to go through with. Who am
0: I talking to? What kind yeah. of audience is this? That is different, but in terms of in Protestantism, less drunk. A little in, less drunk. Catholicism, less so. <laughs>
2: Uh, I do want to play like a little What's funny is like in trying to make a clip Or something for this Her style is not If we were to compare her to secular comedians She's not Mitch Hedbergian She is not a Dimitri Martin She's a Cosby In that style I didn't (laughs) think about
0: that for you guys having to play it But like the magical thing for me Is listening to somebody who's like all about rhythm Yes Like she's got this joke um, That is about Some guy her husband played basketball with um, in the 50s. That really is the punchline is such a small thing. The way that she generates energy instead of dissipating energy in the course of not getting to the thing that she's getting to. And doing observational comedy along the way. Such that when she gets where she's going... like. Here's the thing. She she asked her husband if he knows this guy named Bob Halsey or whatever uh, who came to her show who played basketball with him. Um, and this is on YouTube? This is on YouTube. And there are like eight minutes between that and the punchline yeah. is him finally saying, well, I did play ball with a Bobby Halsey. After eight minutes of him saying <laughs> it couldn't possibly be, he didn't know anyone like that. And that is the smallest of possible journeys from premise to punchline. Yeah, like it is the smallest of possible journeys. And the fact that she makes that worth eight, eight to ten minutes is just like craftsmanship of a yeah. sort that I am very impressed by. Yeah, <laughs> and you never feel a drop
2: of sweat on the lady's brow no. it feels like she's just walking down the street every you time know she's it's talking. like
4: memorized like there is a certain way she's going to tell this story nothing is off the cuff well and, and al- yet it still feels like engaging and kind of fresh and funny
0: well and also such a specific level of stage confidence to be yes. able to ne- to not have that sweat it really does require command but like elegant, Miss America commands that is not threatening to any of the men in the room Yeah, in a way that's like neat to watch. She's
4: just polished. Yeah. Yeah. Even the way she'll always stand and like draw one foot to the (laughs) side, you know, so her legs look good like every time. She is so cute. We should
2: should talk about that just like on a physical level. Being a former Miss America, she was Miss North Carolina I believe in 19... One
4: year. She did pageants one year. Yeah. She won this. (laughs) That's it. And that's... And she... Brands it on everything. I think it's so fascinating. And she is
2: six foot two.
4: And she, she is an imposing on her presence. On website will say, Jeannie Robinson bringing bringing humor to new heights.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: over and over. It's
0: so funny. Well, like her branding is so corny. But her mater- Why is it's, her material not? Cor- I like, don't know. I, feel I mean, like-
4: it is, but you're kind of enjoying it.
0: Well, it's also like lived in. Like when uh, there, there is a gentle corniness to like, you know, her her famous Seven Up pound cake story. Like just the notion of like, you know. Uh, down here in the south, we don't say someone died, we say they passed and then she they lowers pass. her head. And like that is corny and dorky, but all of the rest of the story is just like her world and you're just like I'm on board. Your husband plays badminton a lot? Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: did you guys did you watch the one I don't know if you have this clip where she's like my husband, I call him LB Y'all know what left LB brain. stands that's for. And every then everyone goes, left
2: brain. brain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love, that's a, that's a consistent um, through line. That's like her version of Jim Gaffigan talking about food in every special. Yeah, or something yeah, like it's that. her
4: like l- her Def Jam like phrase that she says every time. <laughs> people brain. love it. And she I, I, she must explain what left brain is at some point, but she always just assumes you know what that means.
2: She has she has a good chunk that she repeats. And again, I did want to listen to all the specials. I did not have quite enough time lot. to. Yeah, because there's quite a few. And what is a nice gift about all of her specials, though, is that they do sound fake. They sound like cutaway jokes in a documentary now for <laughs> uh, or Christopher Guest, which include flat out funny, Southern style, talking funny, not just for laughs. Here she is, no just way. for fun, Here she looking is. for humor, fabulously funny, and of course, her latest in 2018, last year, rocking humor, because she had to be in a rocking chair, because she did break her femur. <laughs>
4: She so still carried genius, on. And she's like, I'm gonna sit in a rocking chair. And I'm gonna make that part of it.
2: And I funny. was like, oh, is she fragile? Is she frail? And then you listen to. I mean, in the video, she's sitting down, but you listen to it, it's like, not a beat has not been missed here at all. She's sharp, an impressive person, someone who I think is like very beautiful too. Yes, yeah, she's
4: I a- I love reading her. Um, she has blurbs that you can use on her website. Like if you book her, <laughs> That's right. and there's like dozens of uh-huh. There's so many versions. I'll read a short one. Jean Ro- Jeannie Robinson, humor more than a laughing matter. In her positively hilarious style, 6'2", Jeannie Robertson soars to new heights while discussing the difference between being funny and developing up a sense of humor that will be an asset for every HR professional. So that's an HR specific <laughs> booking.
2: Like if she's doing like a conference or something, like yes. a corporate gig. Uh,
4: and then, uh, then there's one. The day, or meeting, or luncheon ain't over till the tall lady speaks, <laughs> and you'll want to be there. In her positively hilarious style, six two Jeannie Robinson will use her unique feeling of humor, the most important factor for a legal administrator. <laughs> It 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 truly is. It's amazing. Like it, she has figured out her audience. It is like a
2: five star Michelin chef working at McDonald's because <laughs> that's where people go to eat.
0: In yeah. a way, where it's like
2: I know what I'm doing back here. Uh huh. I have to be here because this is the only restaurant you guys will go to. Six two.
0: Well, there's something so wonderful about the fact that like, she is so frequently doing these like corporate things daytime buses full of church people showing up, (laughs) that kind of thing, and I'm like, yeah, well, I guess, you know, but she doesn't reach those heights that you would get if you were like drunk at a club, but it's still like, no, I think if I were drunk at a club, I would still be exceedingly satisfied by everything that was going on. It's just a situation of like, Jeannie Robertson, I would love to hear her tell stories about a heckler, because you know at some point in time she has had a heckler, but that is not part of her brand and it's not something that she wants. And I'm sure she knows how to deal with them. Yeah. But like, that's not part of the brand, you know, at right. all. Oh,
2: that's an interesting idea that there would be. Because when you do cut out to the reaction shots of the audience, it's a type. It's they a yeah. hooting.
4: And, and they are
2: hollering as well. <laughs> hollering, and yeah. it is a certain person over a certain age, uh-huh. of a certain race. Well, and I
4: think she... she- uses that well like I think she plays off of what I she's like this is what I look like I'm this very poised I bring up that I'm a pageant winner a lot I'm very like you know lovely or whatever but I'll surprise you by being like kind of sharp and like a little mean or like allude to sex real quick or something yeah. like that and you're like oh I'm and getting
2: frisky getting frisky
4: yeah in did tent. You know, her tent story <laughs> yeah and where you're like oh okay and so she has a little bit of like shock even that she brings in in her like gentle way
0: Caroline did you see uh, the clip about the style in New York City yeah <laughs> Um, the Pashmina? Yes, which uh, I, I love <laughs> oh it God. so much because it is this way of your like, micro concessions thing. of like her. I like how much she talks to you about her process and also talks about being styled so that everybody knows where she's coming from.
3: When I flipped it up here, it kept falling down. So I called Jane Tucker and I said, Jane, I think my Pashmina needs a little snaps up here to keep it in place. She said, it doesn't need snaps. What you need is an attitude. When you toss, flip it over your shoulder, you stare at your shoulders. It wouldn't dare come off.
0: It was a way of sort of saying to women in the audience, do not be threatened by me. I am well put together, but I pay for this and I also make Uh, mistakes yeah
4: and I also Uh, don't know what I'm doing if I'm in New
0: York but also yes Uh, (laughs) defining a common enemy Um, but also that she can be like uh, catchphrase comedy some of the time you know like she really does sort of it's also neat to watch somebody be entirely a comedy professional but sort of working outside of our conventions so she's doing things that are callbacks and stuff like that but not informed by having your call Comment on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like some of the times she is like catchphrasing it a little hard. And I think if she were a comedian, like somebody would have busted her balls about sure. it. Yeah. But like pastors aren't going to bust your balls about
2: it. But I do <laughs> wonder because there are some specials where she does allude to. Fellow speakers, yeah.
0: Fellow humorists
2: she's as well. She's part of a
4: speaker association, so I think that's who she's talking. Oh yeah, about. It's, it's. I think it's
2: called the NSA, the Nashville Speakers <laughs> Association. <laughs> for real. So yeah, you do wonder what peerdom looks like yeah. in a space like that, yeah. and and what uh, the feedback and just the kind of general macro sharpening of each other yeah. would be. I get the
4: vibe that she's like the gold standard. In her world I don't you know, I don't know what's comparable yeah. I,
2: I do want to play Just to give yeah, a listener Yeah we should play
4: some, We haven't played any Like of a her, little yeah.
2: Like just a little taste And this is on the shorter side This is a story That's like What's great is The YouTube is so Like that. I guess they just Started branding it Super hard eight or nine years ago, because it it remains consistent to this day. It's a screenshot, you know, a little headshot of her for the thumbnail. And in in a Cooper font that you would see in Pen 15 or Hot American Summer, Uh it's like, never make a man do the groceries Uh (laughs) or whatever the case may be. Uh, So this is like, five-year-olds are gross or something.
3: (laughs) That I was Miss Congeniality in the Miss America pageant. I can still do this, too. One year. By the way, I realized that when you came in and you got your sheet of paper that told you that there would be someone here who was in the Miss America pageant, that some of you might be expecting a slightly younger, slightly better looking woman. But I have watched you come in, and I must be honest with you. I was expecting some younger, better-looking men. <laughs> oh my gosh) And in case Oops. some of you think right. that I am traveling around the country as a professional speaker with my crown still in my purse, let me tell you right now where this all fits into my life at this point. Not long ago, I was asked to go down to Port St. Joe, Florida. I thought to speak to high school students. I was standing with the school superintendent in the gym auditorium. <laughs> when he said we got so excited about having a speaker from out of the county <laughs> that we decided to bring in all of our students, kindergarten through grade 12. I had a hot flash. <laughs> Or as we say in the South, a little personal summer. <laughs> oh my God. Personal summer. Oh man. I said, wait a minute, you've just changed all the rules. Kindergarten people are five-year-old people. They're not even really people, not yet. <laughs> what do you want me to talk to five-year-olds about? Goal setting? The internet? Really, the best thing I would say to a five-year-old is, I will give you some money if you will go away. And they oh make me gosh. nervous. And if I'm ever around the whole class of them, when they leave, I feel like I have ants all over my body. Oh my God. And he said, we knew this was going to be a challenge. So we told the high school students that you would talk to them about the steps to developing a sense of humor that will be an asset. I said, I can do that. That's what I do. He said, but with the five-year-olds, we decided to really push this Miss North Carolina angle. He said, we have shown them dozens of pictures of young women wearing long gowns, holding roses, crowns on their head. And in case any of you are taking notes and I see so many of you have ripped out pencils so far. (laughs) If shown enough pictures five-year-olds can be made to understand the words Miss North Carolina. Unfortunately there's no picture for the word former. (laughs) (laughs) and they came in looking for her. And they run in little lumps and clumps at that age. Have you ever noticed it? One whole kindergarten class was holding on to the same long piece of rope. (laughs) Moving along like a giant centipede. The teacher could take them anywhere she wanted to take them. And if she felt like it, she could pop that rope and they'd go up and down. (laughs) And she took the whole kindergarten class up into the stands. And they got up there, and before the teacher knew what was happening, one of the little five-year-olds, as we would say in North Carolina, broke loose. (laughs) (laughs) And she got down on the floor and was looking up at me. And she said, where is Miss North Carolina? (laughs) Well, if there's one thing we all know, It is the importance of honesty anytime, but especially if you're dealing with young children. I looked her straight back in the face. I said, she's sick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. She looked up at me and she said, are you her mother?
2: I said, No, her mother's dead.
4: Bitch (laughs) (laughs) She's so great. She's doing all of that with like her perfect smile, you know, and like her big eyes. She's just great. Well, and it it does
2: play into a natural comedian archetype of high status. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or it's like, I'm the best. And then there's like this outside force as well. There's age and expectations, but it's like, I'm still the best. Children are disgusting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All
0: those things that are like generally tools in everyone else's toolbox. Well, and also, she she packs observational comedy in the middle of the story. So um, where a comedian at a club would be like, have you seen a kindergarten recently? They're (laughs) always tied together. Yeah, like she just she slides that right in there, and then that thing of like it's like tantric comedy of it's so paced out that the minute she (laughs) gets to something that is like a third of a punchline, you do want to laugh, and then she slows down for moral just before she gets to punchline of whole story. Yeah, yeah, like when
4: you have to be honest with children, and then bam.
2: It's pretty. I've really never seen anyone like her. There's not a Jeannie Robertson type, (laughs) I don't think. Mm -hmm. Do you want to get to our final
4: judgments? Do you have any more you want to say about her? No, I just think think she's great. I think she's great too.
2: Well, the way this part works, guy, we give our final judgments. We give the person, the artist, whoever we're talking about, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. We give them a holy toast. We send that person all the way to heaven. (laughs) We give them a holy roast. Unfortunately, they get a thumbs down and go to hell. hell. Or if we're not sure, we can send them to purgatory.
1: The space
4: between. I would not fit in the space between. That space between. Have you seen me? Too low. (laughs) That's not bad. (laughs) This
2: is not a bad Jeannie Robertson impression, Caroline. Thank you. So we'll start with you.
4: Oh my gosh. I mean, you know what I'm going to say. Holy toast to Jeannie Robertson. I love her. Her skirt suits are iconic, they're great. I love them. She's always glittering and you uh, do
2: easily know which era you're watching yes (laughs) um i even
4: i even kind of love her little ethos which is just like find the humor in anything and and no one can ruin your day for you you decide that um i thought that was really sweet and i think her jokes are good and she's a funny person and like perfectly suited for the kind of work she does Mm -hmm. yeah
0: all right we turn to guy Oh, I realize the other thing I do want to say about her is I usually deeply hate any comedy that is safe. Anytime I feel like Mm. somebody is just sort of like not challenging their audience. I'm like, what are you even doing? Total pandering. And I feel like she's not pandering. She is working within the like constraints of the culture of the people that she's talking to. And I I appreciate it. I think she's challenging them on their tiny little terms mm. about stuff like that. So, of course, I'm giving her hol- a exactly. toes. Uh, yeah, toast. even holy something as
4: inflammatory as, like, children are disgusting. Yes. It's like kind of, uh, ooh. Uh, like uh, you yeah. wave a little bit there.
2: <laughs> Yesterday, I spent hours and hours watching this woman on YouTube. And it was so funny to see, in the different areas, she does have a Leslie Nielsen thing going on where she has looked... Fifty nine for like <laughs> twenty years. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Because of the haircut and because of her natural complexion and her features, <laughs> uh, a, a enthusiastic, enthusiastic holy toast from me. I was really smitten, and a lot of this stuff does fall into almost a. Hmm, maybe not the best example. Like a Garrison Keillory, like this yeah. is pleasant. Yeah. Kind of like patter with her audience. And there were there were fewer LOLs where it's like, oh my God, than than I would maybe expect from other right. people. But the ones that are there do feel so genuine and loaded and with someone like this and again working in this space you have to applaud not only technique and talent and all the regular things but navigating to be in a position where she is it did make me think about all the things that are humbling now where we still want monoculture in a lot of ways and Mm -hmm. we want like A Star is Born is the best pick, or I guess Green Book is the best pick, but but all the things we can agree on. We can agree on the Beatles. We can agree on Elvis or whatever. And we do have such natural snobbery towards like, oh, that girl's a YouTuber or something like that. And people like this who are doing such good work that... Aside from like a niche gimmicky podcast discussing them for an yeah. hour and a half. And it's like where's their glory in that cultural sense? It is humbling to, to know that these people exist everywhere and you can be as snobby as you wanna be about it because they've like defined themselves in a certain niche or put themselves in a in a certain space, but they are very good and Jeannie
0: Robertson mm. is very good. That's a good way to putting it. Yeah. <laughs> She's so lovely. Like she, like <laughs> Fuck anyone who oh, who like people who like want to watch this stuff to be ironically enjoying it. It's like you can go to a lot of those crappy people and ironically be like, ha ha ha. It's so stupid that they are Christian comics. But like sh- don't, she's just good. She's just <laughs> good. She's just, <laughs> <laughs> she's just good.
4: good. And by the way, please look up her website. Please play around in that space. It's, it's very incredible. nice. It yeah. was
0: built in 1990- 1994.
4: Oh, <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> like, yeah. Um, There's some stuff going on.
0: Can I just take one moment to tell you yes. guys about do do any of you remember when um, there was a Christian The View that came on after 700 Club? It was. Oh,
4: I think I've seen some clips of that. I don't know if it's the same one, but I have seen like a, a women's daytime. Yes. It was Christian.
0: hosted by Terry Mewson who uh, is Pat Robertson's co-host on The 700 Club. Okay. Uh. And then they had the newsreader, uh, an African-American newsreader from uh, The 700 Club, I believe. But then they had their Joy Behar, who was a woman named Louise Duarts. Um, What name? uh, And Louise Duarts was primarily an impressionist. And um, if you do want to watch older woman Christian comedy. I don't know if her website is still up, but she had an impressions reel that was astounding. Oh my gosh. And was like doing impressions that were so desperately out of date um, that it was the best. Like it was really good. So please check it out.
4: okay. I, that out. Uh,
0: I wonder what that would sound like if Elizabeth Dole was
2: here. Yes. <laughs> oh boy, we're not the final word though. Go to at Christian Fun Pod You can vote on Jeannie Robertson yourself for this episode. So get out there and
4: Pokemon go to the polls. Thanks, Hill.
2: Thanks, Hill.
4: Thanks, <laughs> thanks hope, Hill. You're ch- hope you're chilling.
2: <laughs> All right, let's bring it down now. Uh oh. Give guys guy a second to recover.
4: <laughs> you remember that?
2: Oh, boy. Who's, who's going to... What will be our next Pokemon Go as we enter into the 2020?
4: There's going to be some thing. someone's going to say. Is
2: it going to be Beto Rourke sending a dick pic on Insta stories on accident? <laughs> like, what will it be? Oh, God. Uh, Guy, we're here not to promote ourselves and plug our own projects, but to lift them up to the Lord. Mm. Um, and we do that with reverence in our hearts and honor. Um, and we start with Caroline when we do that.
4: Uh, you can lift up my projects, as I call them, aka okay, my tweets about shitting or whatever <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: at <Projects>. Caroline's farts.
4: <laughs> That's what I'm wow. working on. Okay. Um, and this week, I'd like to lift up a show that I've been watching and really loving uh, called Game of Thrones. And <laughs> Kevin is kind of new niche thing that I don't know you heard about, but anyway, I just I just got to season three and wow, this show's great. <laughs> I really love it. Uh, so that's what I like to lift up. It's
2: like your Brendan Fraser and Blast from the Past coming up from a bunker, and I'm your Alicia Silverstone oh being like, yeah, we have
4: oh, that the movie TV now, yeah. <laughs> Hot Dr. Pepper. Oh my Guy, gosh. Your turn. <laughs>
0: Game of oh. oh. Um I am at Guy Branham across social media. Mm. Um and this week I, <laughs> this uh I would like to suggest that people watch the other two on Comedy Central. Oh, yeah. because it's Why very, is that? It's very funny, but also I work for it now. Yes. Also you work for it now, hey.
4: I don't have access to Comedy Central, so I watch all the Instagram clips like, religiously because yes. I, I, I like, love the show and I can't watch it.
0: It's a really funny <laughs> show. It is rare and nice to get to watch a funny show these days. Yeah,
4: it's so good. It is
0: strange, and, uh, and you
2: work on this show, so I can say this, but I feel like that show would be Such a a larger conversation, if not for Comedy Central's strange streaming deals. Yep,
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to
4: explain the premise real quick? Because I think it's a good one.
0: Oh, the premise is it's about the older brother and sister of a kid who became a singer who became YouTube famous like Bieber. So it's basically uh, what happens when your 14-year-old brother becomes the most famous person in the world.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. Which a lot of... Drew Tarver's actual DNA of that show in real life, yeah. was uh, incorporated.
0: into Yes, that.
2: yeah. Oh boy, and of course, listen to Pop Rocket. That's one of the podcasts I listen to. Oh every yes, thank week. you. I love your insights on that show, and, and I do talk back to
0: it. And my life as a goddess. Yes, thank I'm pronouncing you. that right, right. Thank you for promoting me better than I did myself. I really appreciate <laughs> it. Be part. your hype man, <laughs> absolutely.
2: Uh, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter. I will lift up the music of Nicholas Britell. Which is the? Who, he's the composer for. Uh, he's the composer for If Beale Street Could Talk, and for Succession, and for one other movie. I'm forgetting right now, but he's done quite a few. Where he's pretty extraordinary. I've been jamming on Beale Street the last couple of weeks. Very good writing music. Yeah. If you're looking for something. That sounds like God himself wrote the score. Whoa. Lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Go to patreon.com slash goodchristianfun. For more good Christian fun, leave us a review. We donate a dollar to charity on iTunes Apple Podcasts. Every review mm-hmm. that you leave, we donate one dollar to charity water.
4: That's right. Right? Yeah, that's okay. right. Charity water. They're helping people in need get to good, clean water that they can drink.
0: Wonderful. Guy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank on you the so show. much for having me.
2: I love your mind and I love your
0: heart and I love the way you expressed it Aww. today on the show. I love your mind and heart, Kevin. Aww. What about I, me? We're just getting to know each <laughs> okay, other. Fair enough,
4: I understand. Yeah, that's <laughs> We'll do
2: a check in in like two years to see how we're going. Uh, and there's nothing left to say except for, and all of Pond's people said amen. amen. Let's go out with a song. You know what? This is, we'll say it's a Christian song for the time being. Uh, it's Visions of Gideon by Sufjan Stevens, oh, okay. which is uh, from a scene that they recently parodied on the other two. Oh, yeah. From the end of Call Me By Your Name. Oh, yeah, we'll say he's Christian,
4: right? I don't know. He's
2: a Christian boy, kind of.
4: What does he say?
2: He He's he's dodgy about it. He says oh. pretty much what we say.
1: Oh, <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> so he's like yes. dodgy and annoying about it. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Well, hi y'all it's me amy grant next week on gcf kevin and caroline are going to be listening to that leslie phillips album the turning leslie phillips the turning all right that's it for today short and sweet amy's gotta go amy mine grant over and out
4: that was a head podcast